0: Algerian terrorists never made a secret of their operations, there was a disbelief in Europe that such atrocities as the Algerians committed were possible, and many thought some mysterious force was responsible for the mass slaughter. There is public reluctance to accept the possibility that a few individuals could make use of the tremendous destructive power developed recently. It is the story of Prometheus and Epimetheus all over again. Prometheus tricked Zeus into giving him fire. But Zeus got his revenge. He sent to Epimetheus, Prometheus' less clever brother, Pandora's box, which he opened despite instructions not to do so under any circumstances. Out fluttered a host of calamities which have afflicted humankind ever since. I do not suggest that most terrorist groups will use weapons of mass destruction in the near future. Most of them probably will not. It is also quite possible that access to and the use of these weapons will not take a year or two, but ten or fifteen. The technical difficulties standing in the way of effective use of the arms of mass destruction are still considerable. But the danger is so great, the consequences so incalculable, but even the occurrence of a few such attacks may have devastating consequences The traditional nuisance terrorism will continue But fanaticism, inspired by all kinds of religious sectarian nationalist convictions is now taking on a millenarian and apocalyptic tone We are confronting the emergence of new kinds of terrorist violence some based on ecological and quasi-religious concerns others basically criminal in character, and still others, mixtures of these and other influences. We are also witnessing the rise of small sectarian groups that lack clear political or social agendas, other than destroying civilization and, in some cases, humankind. There was once a relatively clear dividing line between terrorists and guerrillas, between political terrorists and criminal gangs, and between genuine homegrown terrorism and state sponsored terrorism. Today, these lines have become blurred, and the situation is even more confused than it used to be. While the traditional terrorist movements historically consisted of hundreds, sometimes even thousands of members, the new terrorist groups can be very small, consisting of a few people, or sometimes even one individual. The smaller the group, the more radical it is likely to be, the more divorced from rational thought and the more difficult to detect. A sizable terrorist movement can be infiltrated by informers, but it is nearly impossible to infiltrate a small, closely knit group, perhaps composed of members of the same family or clan, let alone a single human being. Some believe it is unlikely that extremists or fanatics possess the technological know-how and the resources to make use of weapons of mass destruction. But the technological skill, as will be shown, is not that complex, and the resources needed not that rare or expensive. It is also possible that rogue governments, which may themselves not use these weapons for fear of retaliation, can readily supply the raw materials or the finished product to terrorists either by political design or for commercial gain. Some believe that the horrific consequences of using weapons of mass destruction will deter even fanatics from using them. But this underrates the element of blind aggression, of rage, of suicidal impulses, of sheer madness, which, unfortunately, has always been part of human nature. Emperor Caligula reportedly said that he wished the Roman people had but one neck so that it could be easily cut. Caligula was not a unique case, merely the best known of a kind that will be examined in this book. Can terrorism be defined, and is it not possible that in certain circumstances terrorism might be a legitimate form of resistance against tyranny? More than a hundred definitions have been offered, including a few of my own, for the phenomenon, and over the past three decades, A great deal of thought has been invested in the latter question. One of the better definitions of terrorism was provided by the U.S. Department of Defense, which in 1990 described terrorism as the unlawful use of, or threatened use of, force or violence against individuals or property to coerce and intimidate governments or societies, often to achieve political, religious, or ideological objectives. But even this working definition has not found acceptance among those studying the subject. Perhaps the only characteristic generally agreed upon is that terrorism always involves violence or the threat of violence. Students of terrorism have received advice from philosophers and theologians, psychologists and even economists on how to gain deeper insights into the subject. Some have suggested that we include every possible kind of violence and motivation in our analysis, from rape to income tax. Still others have insisted that unless Hitler, Stalin, and Pol Pot be considered terrorists, and feudalism, imperialism, repression, and slavery looked at as causes, our analysis of terrorism is bound to be shallow. Why is it so difficult to find a generally accepted definition? Nietzsche provided part of the clue when he wrote that only things which have no history can be defined. Terrorism, needless to say, has had a very long history. Furthermore, there has not been a single form of terrorism but many, often with few traits in common. What was true of one variety was not necessarily true of another. Today there are more varieties than existed thirty years ago, and many are so different from those of the past and from each other that the term terrorism no longer fits some of them In the future, new terms will probably be found for the new varieties of terrorism What of the legitimacy of terrorism in certain conditions? Terrorism seldom appeared in brutal dictatorships such as in Nazi Germany or Stalinist Russia for the simple reason that repression in these regimes made it impossible for the terrorists to organize Even in less effective dictatorships, such as Franco's Spain, there was little terrorism. It reared its head only after the regime was replaced by a democratic one. There have been some exceptions to this rule, but not many. But this, too, is no guide to the future. Brutal totalitarian dictatorships could prevent terrorism in Germany and Russia. But it is doubtful that even totalitarianism could cope with the chaos that might come to exist in some of the megacities of Asia, Africa, and Latin America in the 21st century. But if one could justify, or at least find mitigating circumstances, for certain terrorist acts in the past, how could anyone defend the kind of genocidal and indiscriminate murder that has taken place, for instance, in Algeria? and above all, justify the use of weapons of mass destruction. Even if the terrorist's goal is not without merit, it is increasingly likely that the amount of suffering and the number of victims they cause will be wholly out of proportion. When they meet at a tavern, novelist Dostoevsky's character Ivan Karamazov tells his brother Alyosha that the happiness of all mankind is not worth the tears of a tortured child. But these days terrorists are willing to kill a great many children, and their aim is by no means the happiness of mankind. Can there be any kind of just terrorism under these circumstances? In an earlier work I warned against overrating the danger of terrorism which is neither a new phenomenon nor as politically effective as we are often led to believe. I argued that more often than not the political effect of terrorism was in inverse ratio to the publicity it received. This contrasts with the work of guerrillas, who in the 20th century had been more successful. But guerrilla warfare has now become quite rare, and given the few current exceptions of Afghanistan and Chechnya, it has also become less effective. While I decried the idea that terrorism was steadily growing into a global threat, I also wrote that it could become one as the result of technological developments. The ready availability of weapons of mass destruction has now come to pass, and much of what is